turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Trust in Him all the time, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. Did you know it's okay to worship God and pour out your heart before Him? Get into that prayer closet and begin to pour out your heart. Cry out to God. And I believe He hears the desperate cries of His people. God is a refuge for us. Surely men of low degree are a vapor and men of high degree are a lie. In other words, it doesn't matter what your status is. You were born naked and you will return to the ground naked. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear part one of this faithful message from Pastor Shane titled, The Three Chord Strand, Wait, Hope, Trust. Deuteronomy 31.8 tells us, The Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Today, Pastor Shane encourages every believer to fully put their trust in Christ today with total assurance that once God starts a good work in you, He will faithfully bring it to completion. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Idleman. We are back in the Psalms tonight. Three chord strand, wait, hope, and trust, beginning in Psalm 62. So let's start where the Bible starts at Psalm 62. Truly, my soul silently waits for God. Now, this I believe is David. He's saying, Truly, my soul silently waits for God. So, and it's, it's interesting as we keep going, he's going to tell his soul he needs to wait on God. But right now, he's reminding himself, my soul silently waits for God. For him comes my salvation. So it's in the waiting time and, and seeking God and knowing that, and, and he could be fleeing from his enemy. He could be going through a difficult situation. It doesn't necessarily mean salvation where a person is saved. And how we think of salvation, although it could, but it also has to do with rescuing me from my enemies. Anybody need that right now? (laughs) He only is my rock. There's no other rock. There's no other salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. And what that means there is he's talking about the rock and being moved from your place. 
you know, like a double-minded man or unstable, but also, you know, I'm solid with God today, but I'm being pushed out of the way tomorrow. I'm, 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 I will not be moved. I will hold the line. I will keep the faith. I will not be moved because God is my rock. How long will you attack a man? You shall be slain, all of you. So now David is lashing out on his enemies. Ever been there? You feel that, the feel that, that vengeance from God, that fire of God. So how long will you attack a man? You shall be slain, all of you, like a leaning wall and a tottering fence. I don't know if you've ever seen block walls when they get, uh, when they start leaning and the foundation is giving away. It's not very safe or a fence. And so he's saying, how long are you going to attack us? You shall be slain, all of you. You're just like a leaning wall and a tottering fence. You have a little bit of stability right now, but when God comes on the scene, He begins to remove the enemies. They only consult to cast Him down from His high position. So they're conspiring against Him. They delight in lies. See, it's not just today's media that delights in lies. It's been throughout history. And there's a, there's a, um, it, it's almost like, that's why it says delight in the lies. They, they have this, this, this lying about them that they, that they're excited about. They want to lie. They want to not tell the truth. They want to manipulate things. And it's interesting now that when we're in this place with Israel, right? In the United States and wanting to negotiate with Iran and different things, they are allowed to actually lie in their, in their holy writings. They're, they're actually allowed to mislead and to lie if it furthers their agenda. And so, I don't know how you can trust your enemy when it's okay to lie. That's why Ronald Reagan said, trust but, some of you are, remember, trust but verify. How long will you attack us? They only consult to cast him down from his high position. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth but they curse inwardly. Selah. Selah. So these enemies, they bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. And that's what as believers we kind of have to watch out for as well. You don't, you don't, can't just trust somebody by their words, what they say, and trying to, you know, kisses of an enemy, right? The Bible talks about. And not trusting someone just by their words, but also looking at what the, the heart is. So they will bless these people with their mouth, but they curse inwardly inside of their hearts. And that's why Jesus even said, you draw nigh unto me with your lips, Pharisees, but your hearts are far from me. It's always, it's always what's going on in the inside, the internal working of the heart. So my soul, my soul, now let's go back for a minute. I'm going to go back to verse 1. Truly my soul silently waits for God. And then he's going through a difficult, he's going through a challenging spot. And then he says, he's reminding himself, my soul waits silently for God alone. So now with the structure of the sentence, he's telling, he's reminding himself, hey, we've got to remain in this place of being calm and silent before God. Wait silently for God alone. There's so much there because it's in the waiting time. And I've said this many times, waiting time is not wasted time, right? 
It's that waiting time. The Bible talks about that's when you renew your strength. So as things are taking longer than they should. Ever been there? God is not moving as quickly as you thought. Things are not progressing and there's a, there's a waiting time. Those who wait upon the Lord, they actually renew their strength. So he tells his soul, wait patiently for God and God alone. Don't wait for any other resource, any other finances, the government, anything else. Wait for God alone. And that will be your strength. And there's a couple keys to waiting. Waiting on God means not rushing ahead. So if you, you know, well, Lord, how do I know when to move forward? How do I know to do this? Well, waiting on God, I've, I've seen him open amazing doors or he'll give you confirmation. You know, on one day, things look like it's falling apart and I have no direction. And then the next day, there's some confirmation. God moves behind the scenes. Had I, had I moved ahead of him th- that day, I would have ruined it. I would have delayed this, these plans. So waiting on God re- is always involves the slow, steady, waiting, not rushing ahead, impatient. Anybody struggle with that? Impatient, not being patient and wanting, demanding, and I want answers and texting and emails and, and making this happen. And, but waiting upon the Lord, and that's why that scripture is so important. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, their physical strength. It's a byproduct of that, but what he's talking about is spiritual strength, fortitude, getting through the challenges of life. And as we see what's going on, as we wait upon the Lord, as we just trust in Him and we, and we tell our soul, body, soul, and spirit, my soul wait on God. Do you ever have to talk to yourself in the, in the right way? Not in the wrong way. Right? You're talking to yourself, you hear voices. But there's the right way is to remind yourself, like David, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And so, we, my soul, myself, Shane, I know you feel this way, but you need to wait silently for God alone. It's interesting how he put wait silently. That means... Because you can wait and still mouth off. You can wait and still try to get things done with your mouth. Anybody relate? So it's a good message for you and me tonight. To waiting silently. Silence is, is just so precious when you're waiting on God because that's trust and that's faith. I've said it many times before. Real faith doesn't see what's going to happen. It, it's not certain. It's not sure. It's, it's, that's what it is. It's, it's waiting for things that are not yet seen and you're trusting in God. So it takes a lot of faith. If I can see the result or see the, the, the fruit of it, then it's not really faith. It's a good decision. It's wisdom. But faith is, you know, the substance of things not seen, the evidence of things hoped for. So I'm hoping for this and I'm stepping out. I'm trusting God in faith. He only is my rock and my salvation. And I think it's important to note when you, if you look this up, especially this word, you know, we think of maybe, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a rock, uh, in the dirt or this rock. It's actually talking about a huge mountain type of rock. Anybody go to Yosemite? El Capitan. What's the other one? Half dome. 
Those are amazing. I don't think they have anything like that over in the Middle East, but they have, they do have an uh, Engedi, for example, and the mountains and these big rocks that he's talking about. So you look at the, now you, now that will, if you get under El Capitan or Half Dome, I think one of them is 3,000 feet high. And if you've been below that, I have, it's, it's, it's breathtaking. It's like, this is enormous. Now that kind of rock, he is not a little rock outside. He is my rock. And now every time I, I talk about those big mountains in Yosemite, I think of that guy who climbs them without any ropes or anything. I don't know if you've seen him, Alex something. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Like I would, I would not even, that wouldn't even cross my mind. I wouldn't, maybe, maybe five feet and, you know, but you're up there. What are you going to do? You're stuck at a thousand feet. You're dead. And a lot of times men put more trust in themselves than God, do they not? It's interesting that people, atheists are different. You know, they, they challenge the faith in God, but they have no problem taking faith and getting on a huge airplane over, <laughs> over the Atlantic Ocean. That takes a lot more faith than trusting in God. So see, they don't lack faith. It's what they have their faith in. That's always the issue. So he is only, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is also my defense. So have you ever had God go to, go to battle for you? Go to fight for you? You just don't, you don't say anything. Let him go to battle and, and, Bring things to the light. Let him be your, your, your rear guard, your front guard, all the things the Bible talks about. But it's interesting. It might be good to talk about this for a minute. It might not apply to everyone, but some people, and in my circles, I've been talking to different pastors and leaders. And, uh, there's a well-known pastor right now that I knew that this kind of, you know, he, he's, he's resigned for now and there's a lot of issues coming out. Um, and the, the question always comes up. We should not, we shouldn't answer our critics. And it's yes and no, you know, because you don't go around answering your critics on Facebook and, you know, oh, no, 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 trust me. You, no, that's not me. And, you, and all you're doing is all your energy is, is, is answering critics. That's why 90 per, 99% of the time I don't look at comments. I don't, I, you know, I, I can't, the time factor, a lot of these people I don't even know. How do you know if they really love you? And want, want to speak the truth. And so answering your critics, uh, that's a good, not answering your critics, that's a good, a good posture to take. However, I think there are times where it's good to bring light to the situation because never saying anything ever and always letting God defend you. Um, I don't, I don't know if that is warranted every time because there's a lot of people who are genuinely confused. And if you, if you tell them what's going on, you, you answer the criticism. It brings, it brings clarity to the issue. Even Jesus, when he was slapped, he answered back or he, he, he rebuked the man. Why have you slapped me? Paul said, I appeal to Caesar. I'm going to, you know, and so I think it's okay from time to time. Uh, but you don't want to make it part of your life. You don't want to always defend yourself. I would say more often than not, you always err on the side of, <laughs> I, I don't need to defend myself. But there comes a time and a place where I think it's important. Uh, for example, maybe some of you, if you're on social media, and they just this comes and this comes, and it's good to put something in there that brings some clarity to the situation. And, and, and just exposes, sometimes to expose the unfruitful works of darkness, we need to 
answer the critics. But he says here, He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God, in God is my salvation and my glory. It's, it's, it's interesting how often he keeps reminding himself that God is my salvation. And you'll see that a lot in the Psalms. As you read them, it, it seems repetitive, but because it's Psalms and because it's, it's kind of like poetry, writing from the heart. And so what he's doing, he's reminding himself that salvation comes from God and God alone. It's a reminder of what, of who God is. Do you ever need to remind yourself of that? I do almost daily. That's why it's good to open up the word and you, you, you hear about the, the heart of God and the character of God and the, the never, the never ending hope that we have because of Him. And that's why we shall never be moved. So we could put our name up there as well. Not just I shall never be moved, but we shall never be moved. And God is my refuge. My refuge. What is a refuge? So now we've got rocks. We've got refuge. We've got, you know, salvation. We've got all these things. A refuge is something you would run to and be safe. How many of you have heard of the cities of refuge in the Old Testament? Well, there, these were cities where if, uh, let's say you accidentally killed someone, you could run to these cities because their family's after you. You killed somebody and their family's coming after you. But you can run to these, go to these cities of refuge and be able to find safety there. And so I'm sure that's what he had in mind here because those were very popular. Uh, if you read the Old Testament, they list all kinds of cities of refuge. And you know how that worked with the high priest and when his term was over and things like that, you can look more into. But it's a place where God, knowing God is my refuge. So when things get difficult, I'm going to be able to run to him, not physically, but spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I'm going to be able to run to God. This is happening. This is falling apart. I'm going to take refuge in you, hope in you. It's almost, and they'll use imagery like a, a little bird underneath the, the, the uh, wings. Of, of, of the hen or the mother bird. Have you ever seen mom, mama birds protecting? They spread out those wings and they, <clears throat> they cover their, their, uh, what do you call those? Little chicklets? Little birdlets? What's a baby bird called? Well, chicken, if they're chicken. Oh, chicks. Okay. Little chicks. <laughs> and trust in him at all times, not sometimes. Trust in him. Trust in God at all times. What about if that said sometimes? Or most of the time? How many of you would be a little worried? That's why I love the certainty of Scripture. Trust in Him all the time, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. Pour out your heart before Him. Did you know it's okay to worship God and pour out your heart before Him? Get into that prayer closet and begin to pour out your heart Cry out to God. And I believe He hears the desperate cries of His people. So again, trust in Him all the times. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Surely men of low degree are a vapor and men of high degree are a lie. In other words, it doesn't matter what your status is. You were born naked and you will return to the ground naked. Dust. I was born dust I am, you know, whatever that saying is, 
He's saying no, no, no high degree, low degree, rich, poor, of great statue and nobility, or just a, a nobody. It doesn't matter. They are all vapor. If they are weighed on the scales, they are altogether lighter than a vapor. And I think what he's doing, he's reminding himself that these people against him are nothing against God. It doesn't matter their uh, status. It doesn't matter their, their, uh, their, um, their threats against David. He said, nothing will be able to stop me when I'm on God's side. Do not trust in oppression nor vainly hope in robbery. So people were, were trusting in oppression. That's what's happening in our nation today, correct? Oppression, oppressing, oppressing. And then with, with fear and uncertainty, and the more you oppress, and that's why freedom is under attack. Because you can't have freedom and oppression at the same time. Uh, 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 and oppressed people are not free. And that's why we are very, very blessed. I think it's a God-given right that God gives people. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness is all biblical. Very biblical. Oh, and I like this one. Are you ready for this one? It's, I've remembered this now for 20 years. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Can I tell you, can I just stop for a minute and tell you how many lives have been ruined because of riches? and wealth. And that's the key. Set your heart on them. And it happens many Christians that you know they're working hard or they start something or they do something and you know um not having a lot keeps you kind of humble. Amen. And so as riches increase, you'll find and we see men they'll stop coming to church or men study or stop really fellowshipping and they're they've got you know six days a week i'm 65 70 hours a week a week chain i'm going to make this amount of money i'm going to and they set their heart on the riches and that begins to destroy them because now that's their god that's their focus no longer is god in humility now the riches are their focus and when when can you when is enough enough Never for most people. When is enough enough? And some of what some of these athletes are being paid. It's incredible. Also, they've, you, you can look at all this up, but all the people that win like the lottery and they're not prepared for it, it destroys them. Or if you leave something for your kids, like if people have a, a living trust, they usually wait for their kids to have anything until they're at least 30 or 35. People say, oh, that's kind of mean. No, no, you don't want to give a 20-year-old a lot of income. Hello? Because what do they do? They go from this, you know, humble and gracious and working hard to now their, their, their hearts are set on the riches. It's set on the wealth. The reason is if you don't, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Not money. We, we all need this the, me, money at the root is a means of of yeah trading or a means of purchasing things and you know I want this so I give you this and it's just a me it's a it's a way of, to exchange money and what we need what we want sometimes and the the more we begin to when that becomes our god when we set our heart on that then now our decisions are based on that 
My goal is based on that. And you'll see it, uh, you, you know, a lot of those guys on TV that are popular, you know, that are always asking for uh, uh, some more donations to buy their next uh, jet. It's just, it, and it, ha- it can happen to anyone, Christians, pastors, leaders. They start to, lots of income comes in and they start to set their hearts on that and they have more freedom. They can buy more and do more. And so it's just a reminder. It's a great a, a, a reminder. If, if riches increase, do not set your heart on them. And I know this topic is a little controversial, but I tend to believe because of Scripture that it's not wrong if God wants to bless His people. Listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship.